0: Wait, that's stupid.
1: (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bears and Brews Podcast Micro Brewing Edition. I'm Salome. And I'm Pam. How's it going? (laughs) Good. How's your cider?
0: Oh, it's so good! How's your cider?
1: Delicious, I love it.
0: Uh, we are drinking High Point cider. We're gonna talk. You guys will hear more about it. Um, with the main episode this our week, our
1: full uh, fake advertisement. Um, it's really good though. I and that's coming from someone who doesn't usually get into, like, I was gonna say fancy alcohols, but really just like alcohols, just any alcohol, yeah, just like yeah. full stop alcohol. And I just, it's delicious, and it's rare that I'm just like, oh yeah, this is delicious. Oh, it's so good. Um,
0: Yeah, so uh, Charlotte is off running a 10K and a half marathon. So we don't have her today. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but um, we've been front loading a lot of these recordings. So there's one episode coming out next week that doesn't have Salome. And then, you know, the ones (laughs) this week don't have Charlotte. And don't tell them it ruins the magic.
1: Does it? Don't let them see behind the curtain.
0: Yeah. Oh, are you calling me Wizard of Oz?
1: I am, yeah. Oh. I'm glad you got that reference.
0: I know. I don't. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pam got a reference. Wow. No, um, but just like a random reference to like an old movie slash musical. Pretty yeah, but like
0: everybody knows that reference.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe.
0: Uh, yeah. So we're kind of recording uh all out of order lately. Um, also because I am moving. This week. So shit is just crazy, crazy, crazy. And when I was helping out, I was helping out with a rescue dog transport yesterday. And I saw a coyote in a field and he was mousing. So he was, you know, tilting his head and. Oh, the like
1: listening to it thing. Mm -hmm. It looks weird when I do it. It's not cute when people do it. But oh, gosh, that's one of the cutest things. Buzz does that. And code, like, I guess just dogs in general do that too. And it's one of the absolute cutest things that dogs can do, I think.
0: So this coyote got me thinking about how, um, people are dumb. Yes. How we've (laughs) talked about their, you know, ecological contributions in the past, but this certain field, this was in Idaho out by Burley, which is in the middle of nowhere and it's all like agriculture. Um, You know, there are like mice and voles and things like that that destroy crops and get in a lot of trouble. And that coyote was out there fucking helping out. Like he's out there catching these fucking, right? Exactly. Like nuisance or necessity. Like
1: (laughs) it was great. I was like, good luck, bro. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's kind of like, like, you know, when people get like uh, goats to like mow their weeds or whatever.
0: Yeah, or how Charlotte Maybe. wanted to
1: get a panda
0: to eat the
1: bamboo <laughs> at her parents' house. I think that's the slightly less responsible. Yes. <laughs> like importing less a whole responsible, last panda.
0: but the same concept. <laughs> same
1: concept. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: okay, let's jump right into the microbrewin. Um I want to talk about dams today. <laughs> so Damn. Dams. D a m. Dam. Oh. D Damn. a y u m. Dam. What about dams? So I want to talk about two rivers in particular and their dams because this has come up very recently as some like animal-related news. Um, so the, one of the big reasons why this is kind of coming up now and being addressed is because a bunch of uh, treaties from the mid 1800s with native tribes and reservations that the United States government signed said that tribes would have the right to harvest fish on their reservations and in their usual locations uh, with no interruption.
1: For some reason, I feel like maybe there was an interruption.
0: Yes. Um, Eight interruptions in particular, uh, four uh, on each river that we're going to talk about um, in the form of dams so and and that doesn't even include all the other encroachment and bullshit right like man-made dams mm -hmm, yeah so um we'll talk about the specifics with these two rivers in just a second but A lot of the fish in these areas, um, in the Pacific Northwest and, and kind of out here in the West, like basically West side of the Rockies, there are 13 different salmon and steelhead populations that are on the endangered species list as either endangered or threatened. And so if people aren't aware of how, um, how fish like salmon in particular, uh, procreate what they do what happens is they're born in river in freshwater rivers and tributaries inland right that's where their eggs are laid and stuff like that then they travel along those rivers essentially to the ocean and then when they are ready to spawn which is procreate they come back up river to pretty much the exact spot where they were born and the female lays a bunch of eggs and the male's like get in there and um, <laughs> fertilize them. Why did you say it like that? I said it like that because... <laughs> oh, God. I said it like that because they hang around the female until she, like, she does this thing where she, like, basically it's lays... It. It's not that gross. She lays a bunch of eggs, and then she takes her tail and covers them up with rocks to protect oh, them. Yeah. And mm. then the males, like, kind of hump the rocks to, like... Fertilize the eggs that are in there and they all kind of fight I over didn't this. Need,
1: I didn't need that body movement <laughs> when you were talking about it. <laughs> I could have about that. But thank yes. you. Yeah, I welcome.
0: okay. So, that is how salmon in particular and some other types of like trout and these steelhead I didn't know which... that trout did that. I always thought it was just salmon. So, steelhead is actually a trout that uh, kind of behaves like a salmon.
1: Oh, in a lot of these
0: ways. Right. So, um, so again, 13 different species are threatened or endangered. And so they travel down the river into the ocean, then back up the river. Uh, and sometimes it's a very, very long time. One of them we're going to talk about their journey is like over 900 miles that Jeez. they are going. Yeah. And so when you see like brown bears in Alaska, right? Eat, eating all the salmon. That is salmon going up and trying to jump up, like Brooks Falls in particular that we've talked about because we're going there, where they're trying to jump up over those falls and get to their spawning grounds. And so that's kind of, that's how they reproduce, right? You said and so, 900 miles? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, what happens when we dam these rivers is they slow the water flow, obviously, um, but they also warm up the water. So, what this does, oh. both of those things, means stuff like worms and bacteria, toxic algae, and other microorganisms—they're not getting like flushed out like they normally would with a free-flowing river, and they are killing these fish. And and not mm-hmm. to mention fish don't do well a even getting through dams. Uh you know, you'll hear statistics about oh 90% of the fish make it through the dams whatever. That might be true, but there's uh, so much else going on in that journey than just getting through the dam. So they're exposed to their predators when they have to th- swim through like the calm water of the reservoirs and it takes them about 10 times as long to traverse these distances as it did without the dams. So a lot of them die in in route because they're fucking tired and they're stressed, and a lot of them, when they get to the ocean, they are a lot more susceptible, or even before they get to the ocean, they're a lot more susceptible to predation, whether it's other like fish or aquatic species or, you know, birds of prey or whatever, because they're fucking tired and they're really stressed out. So it's very, very, very hard on them. So there's two specific rivers that I want to talk about, um, in today's microbrewing. The first one is the Klamath river, which flows from upper Klamath Lake in Oregon and then goes down through part of Northern California. It goes uh, over 250 miles to reach the Pacific Ocean. And it has been dammed at multiple spots since 1911 for hydroelectric power. Uh, And we'll talk about the power aspect a little bit later, but uh you know a lot of tribal nations in that area have relied on the flowing river for a lot of things right food just being one of the main things um and you know they have been trying for years and years and years um you know advocating legal moves protesting to get these dams removed and actually i'm going to link a really cool video i'll text it to you after we record so you can watch it but um it really kind of explains, from their point of view, why it's important for these rivers to be free-flowing. So the Klamath River, in particular, used to be the third-largest salmon-producing river on the West Coast before it was dammed, because um, you know it has several different species of salmon and trout, and sam and trout who think they're salmon. <laughs> <laughs> But like so the fish in the, so the fish along the Klamath River now uh guess how so a percentage of their historical population guess how much is left. Sorry that was a horrible way to say that. <laughs> okay, so so I want you to guess how much this damming has reduced the population of these fish in a percentage. So what percentage of the Population of fish along the Klamath, and and it, it actually I shouldn't say it's just damming because it's climate change also, but most of most of what's going on in this situation can be attributed to the damming.
1: I feel like I was going to guess over fifty percent, so I was thinking like sixty or something. Yeah, you're close sixty. Oh, you're close. It's ninety five percent. Jesus Christ. You're not close at all. <laughs> yes. So after I was like, oh, over 50, I'm like, mm, maybe I'm being too negative. Maybe it's only like 40, 20%, which would still be huge. Nope. 5% of the
0: historical populations is what's left. Because Ooh. this damming, another thing that it does, not only is it really you know hard for the fish to even survive through it, but because of the like runoff and the river basins that are no longer happening – This has taken away 400 miles of spawning habitat by reducing those little tributaries that come off of it. And it's so bad because of all the shit that, um, all of that nasty shit, those toxic algae blooms, right? We have those in Utah where it kills dogs, all that sort of shit. The state of California even says you should not even swim in that river, let alone fish or let pets drink out of it. Like, God. that's how fucked it is. And, and that can be pretty specifically attributed,
1: you know. Which is sad because it's like, oh, yeah, we can avoid it, you know, but what about all of the wildlife living in it and relying on it, living around exactly. it? Exactly. And, and okay, so friends. good news
0: is because I try to, again, with microbrewins, I try to, it's like our small little positive thing, right? Um, <laughs> the they 5% are in positivity.
1: the. <laughs> yes. are historically negative.
0: They are in the final stages of removing all of the dams. So this is the first time in over a hundred years that the Klamath River is free-flowing again. Wow. Now. Oh, so they have removed. They have removed all of them now? They, yes, So um, they have done the final kind of pieces at the end of January for the last two. Uh, The problem is they have to like draw them down first, right? Like start um, releasing the water. Uh, And what what happens is that temporarily depletes the river of like oxygen and nutrients because now we're just, it's just like flushing a toilet, right? We're flushing all that fucking shit from the reservoir downstream. And actually there was like a 24 hour period where the river, the oxygen concentration in the river was 0%. There was no oxygen in that water, at that's all.
1: That's so scary. What does all the like wildlife do? So that's a great question,
0: um, because like all those you know harmful organisms that have built up are traveling through this river. So in there's a lot of non-native fish in reservoirs that um, usually like uh, fish and wildlife will stock reservoirs with to give people something to do since they dammed up the river and the other fish are gone they're like oh hey here's some here's some non-native fish really killed fish. all the other ones yeah um also because that's you know a way they get money but um so those fish are not expected to survive because as the as the reservoir is drawing down they are losing the oxygen from the water and getting more exposure to those harmful microorganisms. So most of the fish. non-native fish are dying as the drawdown happens. And yeah, they're non-native, but still, that's a lot of living creatures dying, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so so in this specific case, most of the native fish, especially the salmon, are not going to be impacted very much because they spend winter... Um, usually like out in the ocean or the ones that stay in are like far off in tributaries and it's not going to get that far, right? Most of it's just going to go down the main path, but fish mortality is expected. um, And it's overall, it's a good thing, right? It's just shitty right now. um, And it's shitty that any of this has to happen. Um, It's going to take a few months for all of it to even out. But sad thing is, a bunch of deer died because they got stuck in the mud from the flooding as the dams are, mm. um, you know, as the water's being released. And rescue crews did try to go in and save them, but they were getting stuck too. And it's it's been a disaster. But there's been residents that have actually started putting out water troughs for the deer so they don't have to go all the way to the riverbank. And get stuck in the mud. Yeah. And again, you know, if this was some kind of natural flooding, I'd say "Mm, we probably shouldn't fuck with what's happening. But this is all human, right? This is all us. So Mm
1: -hmm. good on you,
0: Oregon residents and some Northern California residents for helping those deer. Hell yeah. But yeah, so they're finishing draining the last one. And then they're going to actually, you know, Totally decommission it. So that is the Klamath River. And then, real quick, I want to talk about the Snake River. So, we talk about the Snake River quite a lot on this show or mention it here and there um, because it's all around here. Uh, Isn't the that the one that goes
1: through Jackson? It's mm-hmm. near you? Okay.
0: Yep. So, the Snake River starts at Yellowstone Lake and it goes a thousand miles. To spill into the Columbia River on the Oregon-Washington border and then out in the Pacific. So it goes, I, I want to say it's like um, 1,080 miles or like 1,075 miles this river goes.
1: Jeez.
0: It's the Columbia River's largest tributary. And actually it provides or used to provide half of all the salmon and steelhead in the Columbia River.
1: Came from the snake. Holy shit. Why do we call it the Snake River, not the freaking Salmon River? Is there already well, a Salmon River? There's a Salmon River, and it's actually um, in Idaho. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's one of the best places in the world to whitewater raft.
1: Oh, I want to do that. And it's 1,000 miles. It drops more than 9,400 feet at a, st- a step decline.
0: Yeah, and actually, the fish that spawn in the snake they gain the highest elevation of any other fish spawning event in the
1: world oh yeah I think you're going back up that yeah jeez yeah Fisher fish are, fish are
0: fucking rad crazy.
1: um okay so
0: the snake river was dammed in the 70s and that has reduced spawning fish populations from two to four million. That's how many used to come up the snake river from the Columbia Wait,
1: two to 4 million.
0: Yeah. About two to 4 million fish would come up the snake. To oh, spawn. okay. Okay.
1: Uh, now it's about 10,000. Hang on. Pam's going to do some math. Just glad you're the one that has to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's less than 1% of their original. So, so, okay. So not only that, that's kind of what's left, but the combined effects we talked about earlier, you know, even though we we're talking about like the Klamath river and stuff, it, it's, still applies right like all of these difficulties that these fish are having are are equal you know especially in this case because it's same kind of um same kind of fish same kind of topography um all that sort of stuff so about 67 percent of immature fish are dying before they can spawn so Most fish die after spawning uh, as they start to kind of try to go back down toward the ocean. They die along the way. Um, But we're having a loss of almost 70% of them before they even get to where they can spawn before they even get to the fucking ocean. They're dying. So that's a big deal. Um, But good news too, about the snake river um, in December, uh, the Biden administration along with, four or five regional tribes and the states of Oregon and Washington, they all signed an agreement to begin the decommissioning and removal of those four dams on the snake. That's
1: exciting.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in in the aspect of like, okay, so economically, right? So these dams were made to produce hydroelectric power. And those of us who want to use less fossil fuels, Oh, hydroelectric power seems like it might be, you know, a good alternative. The problem is, it doesn't produce very much. It doesn't produce near as much as a wind farm. And so, yes, it is taking some of that away, but the impact is so much greater because the, these dams were providing a very, very, very small amount of energy and not even at the most like at the times it was most needed, like when it's really cold in the winter and shit like that, right? When people are, you know, energy costs are rising. Um, And with the snake in particular, uh, it is calculated that the same amount of energy that is produced from those four dams can be made up for simply with being energy efficient with appliances and inside your house and businesses, of course, um, and wind farms. So we have an alternative for those. Okay, so for the Snake River in particular, the federal government is going to help build or help support these like clean energy projects that tribes are going to sponsor. And those are going to replace the energy that is currently supplied by the dams. Yes, we're decommissioning, or we will be decommissioning some of these dams that provide power, but they're going to be replaced by clean energy projects that
1: help everybody. Mm -hmm. I think I've mentioned this before, but like technology changes and industry has to change as technology changes, you know? If we have more efficient or more, um, what would the term be? Yeah, I guess more efficient energy generation or like. Electrical generating methods um, that have fewer drawbacks or kind of collateral damage associated with them. It makes sense to transition, just like we are transitioning more from fossil fuels and things like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that's the power side of the economic impacts. Like for as far as money, allowing the Snake River, just the Snake River on its own, um, to run, to be able to run free run free, to be able to flow freely would bring in literally hundreds of millions of dollars directly into not only the communities that are along the snake river, but the state agencies and federal agencies that have, you know, any kind of stake like BLM land, um, state parks, stuff like that, because one is commercial fishing, um, recreational fishing, boating, camping, hiking, just general outdoorsing is going to bring in hundreds of millions of dollars if we can reestablish that those rivers. And and one thing another thing real quick when it was announced that um you know that that agreement had been made with the, with Oregon and Washington and those tribes in the Biden administration, one other thing that they are really that that administration is really trying to push is restoring salmon in particular people and politics aside of other things i'm loving that initiative Mm -hmm. right of like hey we need to like fucking work with this here and so what we're seeing here is we can actually have cleaner energy and literally make more money all you capitalists out there that are all about the money we can make more money off of freeing the snake than having it damned. And so here we're seeing again, we talk we've said this a million times, but the people who appreciate nature are now shifting the scale. And now we are the ones that are becoming bigger contributors financially and, and mm-hmm. bigger chess pieces than, you know, the people who want to strip it for profit.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, that's some damn news. <laughs> some damn news, everybody. I'm so sorry, everyone. Just uh, I should have apologized at the beginning. There's going to be a lot of puns.
0: Obviously, there's downsides to any kind of decision. But at this point, based on the research that I've done, which I try to do pretty unbiased research, I'm not really seeing that many from this except hurting the pockets of like Pacific Corp. Right. And fuck those guys anyway. So, you know, it's 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 kind of a win win Win, win, win. I think so. Yeah. So I highly recommend that everybody check out the YouTube video we're going to link. I think it's really important in life to try to see things from other points of view because everybody is biased to some Mm -hmm. extent. And the more you can experience and try to put yourself in other people's shoes, uh, the better off we're going to be. And I really, really like it's like a mini it's like a 15 minute like mini documentary thingy about the Klamath and the tribes and things like that. So everybody go check it out. And uh, yeah, we are going to do an episode on trout. Probably not steelheads, but I just think it's funny that they think they're salmon. Yeah. Well, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. Like, do you think at the little fucking steelhead trout, like elementary school, they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And instead of like a sheet that has like a doctor or an astronaut or whatever, it's just salmon, 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 salmon. It's just just (laughs) nothing but salmon. The only option is salmon. (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook,
1: Bears and Brews Podcast. Email us at bearsandbrewspodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Do the other things. I don't remember what we normally say. All the other
0: things, uh, rate. What did I say? Rate, view, rescribe. That one day. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> sorry, I
0: don't know <laughs> <saying> what Bye. <laughs>